Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today we are joined by host of the Volume Knob podcast, Keith Sari. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm really excited to be here. I'm very excited as well, because uh, just this week, I believe, it was released the episode that I did of your podcast, The Volume Knob, which I was very grateful for the opportunity to come on and talk to you about uh, the iCarly theme song and some vulnerable moments of my life. So maybe let's start there. Tell people a little bit about uh, The Volume Knob. Yeah, I'd be really happy to. So The Volume Knob is a series of personal stories, and I ask people to tell me about the song that saved their life. And people often want to take it literally, but what it really Mm -hmm. comes down to is stories about the way music makes people feel. And uh, so I spend a lot of time with some really, really talented performers, including yourself, Scott, really actually. And we talk about everything (laughs) from, uh, well, the performers do most of the talking, thankfully. It's not a a chat show like your show. It kind of has more of a uh, This American Life meets The Moth meets It's the Greatest Song I Ever Heard Mm -hmm. in My Entire Life. It's got (laughs) a music element in it, but really it's an opportunity for people to tell stories about themselves and about their lives. And music is a great role for uh, the empathy that personal storytelling really brings. So, Yeah, I think that's a fun aspect of the show is um, people bringing completely different experiences or different relationships with music. And so I know you said the song that saved your life is not strict on your show, but I wanted to, you know, just hear about more of like the origin of that and how you think that framing applies when people are answering that question. Well, it's interesting you should ask that because the framing itself comes from a lyric. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago during the pandemic, I was living in England. I was living in Oxford. My wife's an academic and we were on sabbatical there in Oxford. And for some time I had been working in the back of my head on trying to find a creative project. And I was listening to um, a Smith song, a song mm-hmm. called Rubber Ring. And what's unique about Rubber Ring, and I've actually done a story about it, about Rubber Ring in my podcast, but the protagonist of the song Rubber Ring is the song itself. Mm, Right. And the song is encouraging the listener, don't forget the songs that made you cry and the songs that saved your life. Don't forget the songs that made you cry and the songs that saved your life. And it's all about the relationship that we have with music how it can change us and heal us and and move us and and cause us to think differently or feel differently and the idea really at the core is to talk about humanity like personal storytelling is so fantastic because what it does is it brings out empathy in people and one of the doors that music opens is the same thing like we can right. we can universalize feelings and sometimes songs can talk to us in ways that we can't even identify the emotions in ourselves which is why I, one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons I love music so much is sometimes a song can just make you cry or save your life and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Well, I would love to then go back to the beginning for you and hear about when you were first impacted by music in this way. The image of me as an awkward, nearly friendless kid in high school sitting alone in my room listening to a plastic Sears radio that I'd bought with my paper route money. I grew up in a tiny little town on the northwestern coast of British Columbia. Late at night, if the weather was cold enough and there were no clouds in the sky, I could often hear the radio stations from Vancouver, which is the closest big city, but that was, you know, 600 miles south. 
And that music, in particular, the way it sort of just floated through the static, made it feel like I was receiving a message mm. from a different place. You know, it, it, it was the purest form of escapism that kids are looking for. And it almost didn't matter what the music was itself. What it was, was often what we call CanCon, Canadian content music in Canada. You have to play a certain percentage of Canadian produced music right. on Canadian radio stations. But to me, because it was slightly different, like it would have been the AOR rock station in Vancouver, a station called Sea Fox, but but the mix was just slightly different. So it wasn't stuff that was being played in the, the small town country station that I was listening to primarily or, or CBC. And so, yeah, it seemed mysterious and different and in a way kind of hopeful. Like, like yeah, one day you'll graduate from high school, one day you'll move away from this town and, they'll, and, 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 and it'll sound different. It'll be right. different. As I've gotten older and happier and and all sorts of things, music is music is is played that that escape route less, but it really did. Uh, I think part of the reason why I fell in love with it so hard when I was young is it just was this big warm blanket that kept me uh, safe and comfortable when uh, when things around me weren't, you know. Yeah. Well, so nowadays, you know, you've you've gotten out of the small town, you're in the city, you, you're you're married, you have a family, you know, what is what role is music now playing in your life? It plays every role, doesn't it? I mean, I guess it depends like when you need it. it I'm almost going to paraphrase some song about drugs though. It's like <laughs> Jefferson Airplane, right? Like right, uh, one right, pill right, to make right. you smaller, one pill to make you grow. Like, uh, you know, there's there's music for when you need energy and there's music for when you need to calm down and there's music when you're feeling sentimental and music when you're feeling angry and one of the beautiful things that I have about getting older I'm I'm 51 now is as I get older there's a complete detachment between what I like and what's cool and I don't care anymore I don't yeah. care if I'm listening to something that I like it it doesn't matter if anyone would listen to me and judge today actually to to summarize not only is it there for everything but I'm also lucky enough that I'm able to structure my life in a way that I can make it more of my life I have this podcast I do I do storytelling work which tends to be a lot about music all kinds of things to make sure that music plays as big a role in my life as it can because it just it it makes me happy you know yeah one thing I really love about your show is at the end, um, you will have one of your children listen to the song that wh whoever the storyteller, the guest has picked and have them give their reaction. And I don't think I've ever heard them say that they enjoyed one, First one of, all, of the songs. It is consistently when I get email from listeners their favorite part. And it's it was literally something that I threw yeah. in as a how can I get people to listen to the credits thing. And now I spend literally days finding guests, producing them, writing scripts, mixing everything, everything else. And then the 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 quote unquote fan emails I get are all from people going, Katie's hilarious yeah. or Miles is so sensitive. Right. Um, which is great because because <laughs> um what I'm really excited about as a parent is it makes uh like, they'll listen to this. 25 years from now, there'll be this record of them as kids and their interaction with the music. And that, to me, is is something that's really, really beautiful. Anyway, so you were you were in the middle of ask, asking a question, and I cut you off. But I, well, but, I, but I could talk about that forever. Oh, no, no, that's that's fine, because I was just interested as you obviously have a relationship with music. 
on a personal level, right? But now you get to have this other relationship, right, of watching your kids have a relationship to music, which must be such a cool and different experience. You know, what has it been like? Do they, oh, yeah. does, does she like anything? You know, what, <laughs> what, what um, is that? So it's, like? to, to answer the first part of your question, it is uh, among the most rewarding things as a parent to see your kids fall in love with things full stop. And to see them fall in love with something that you also are in love with is I don't know, it's it's peak life. Like it, it's hard to get any better than that. A yeah. few weeks ago, actually back in May, I took them both to their first ever rock concert. We went out to see Phoebe Bridgers here in Montreal. And oh, um, wow. she has a song called Kyoto, which is about her relationship with her father. And there's a series of lyrics in it where she actually addresses her father directly. And my kids literally hugged me and threw their arms around me. And the other teenagers, mostly teenage girls around me, kept looking at me like, uh, and I'd like to think that right. that was, geez, I wish my dad was here having this experience <laughs> with me as opposed to me somehow <laughs> invading yeah. on their space, which it could very well have been. So right. uh, watching them fall in love the way I've fallen in love is is fantastic. Now, conversely, and it's a good thing you brought up the reviews, hearing Katie diss something that I care about, especially especially <laughs> when I think, oh, you know what, this one, this this one she likes. I know she likes it because I played it for her before. I, I end up feeling for the storytellers because it's very rare that the storyteller right. brings me a song that they don't care about, right? This is something that really right. means something to them. And they're going to listen to this episode of my show and they're going to get to the end and they're going to hear my daughter going, why did they repeat the chorus six times in a row? That's boring. <laughs> You know? So, yeah, it, it, it cuts both yeah. ways for sure. So I think that is a great place to transition then to the question at hand. Keith, what is the song that makes you scream, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life? The song that makes me whisper, this is the greatest song that I've ever heard in my entire life, is How Can You Mend a Broken Heart by Al Green. I do want to get into some discussions about how you arrived at this pick, but, but first... Painfully. Pain, yes, it, it always is. Very rarely have I had a guest say, oh, I know exactly, but, you know, it's it's always a process. But, so this is, of course, this is a cover of a song originally by the Bee Gees. That's right, yeah. Did you hear this version first? Do you have a memory of that? So I did hear this version first, though I can't tell you specifically when my introduction to it was. This is not an origin story type story as it has been for some of mm. your guests. I remember first hearing Al Green on the Pulp Fiction soundtrack when I was in university. That was sort of peak pop culture. Mm. And then my broader introduction to Al Green was at a fantastic record store in Ottawa uh, where, where I used to live called The Record Runner. And at the back wall of this record store, I, I once referred to it as sort of the foundational elements wall. Like there was literally everything you needed for a decent yeah, record collection yeah, yeah. was on this one wall. And I went, oh, I don't have Al Green's greatest hits. I'm going to pick up Al Green's greatest hits. And so that was the start of my Al Green journey. As I get older, 
uh, and I, I don't want to use that phrase more than twice. <laughs> I've already used it. Um, but one of the things that I find speaks to me musically now more than it ever has is soul music. Mm-hmm. And this song, the restraint with which this is recorded and the power, the sort of the, the, the doing most with the least yeah. that comes out of this track to me is absolutely magical like i could you just feel like you're floating into it and there's just so little keeping you up and i think it may be one of the most perfect vocal performances i've ever recorded he's he's masterful and beautiful once again i'm gonna mention the kids um i was in the car driving them to school uh two days ago and if you can believe it uh Al Green, you know, the, the song we're talking about, followed Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie okay. Tyler. Opposite and I ends of the spectrum. The reason why I love this song so much is it because it's the exact opposite yeah. of, if they're both heartbreak songs. There's literally in the Bonnie Tyler song, and uh, it's it's, you know, like I wouldn't otherwise be talking about it in this context, but for the fact that, that Spotify fed them up to me this week, literally in the Body Tyler song, there's wind sound effects, and then they they mix thunder into the drum at the chorus. And then you, and I said, wait, wait, kids, you have to listen to this because when Al Green sings about, I can hear the breeze and all there is is just a little bit of strings. Dee, 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 dee. I can still feel the breeze. That rustles through the trees. The emotional impact of that blows away anything that could be done with this bombastic, you know, this crazy thing that's going on in the Bonnie Tyler song. So, yeah, everything I love about it. And the whole conversation that you and I have been having and I've been having with myself about trying to pick a song for this show, one of the things that kept coming back to me in my picks was how much restraint well, I, 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 my initial pick, and I would have stuck with this, but for the fact that your guest this week had already picked this song, was <laughs> yeah. was Poncho and Lefty. I, I prefer the Towns Van Zandt version to the version that your guest picked. And I had an acoustic version of Springsteen's Thunder Road. Uh, and all of those things, what, what really, really moves me by them is how they're able to put so much emotional punch into so little. And, and I think a lot of my friends tease me they think i'm i'm only into sad music and that that mm-hmm. you know i sometimes maybe prefer sad music to 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 quote unquote happy music but the leaf motif for me when i kept coming back to it and having conversations with friends about this was how much you can do with how little how many jenga blocks can you take out and still have a tower that just stands and is really really perfect and that's why i love this al green track is it's just it's and, and it's six and a half minutes long and it doesn't like, it's not one of those things. You're never checking your watch. He's taking yeah. you with you the whole time. It's so perfect. Yeah, totally agree. Although, just, I I do love a Jim Steinman song. I, I, I don't want to speak ill of Total Eclipse of the Heart, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so to get back to the question itself, because I always find this fascinating. I know you had posted on Facebook leading up to this, trying to make the decision. Do you feel that the wording itself play, ha- has an impact on how you think about it? You know, if we said it a different way, do you have a different answer? Uh, I, I'm always curious, you know, people's reaction to the central premise of our show. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uniquely unfair the way you phrased the question. 
Um, I think it's it's funny uh, you alluded to this, but I did have a, a rather lengthy conversation on Facebook with a bunch of my friends, and who are many of whom are also big time music geeks. And one of them, uh, a dear friend of mine, actually my sister in law, said, "You know, I can very easily give you." I don't know, the greatest pop song to listen to on a beach or the greatest drum sound that I've right. ever heard. But the idea of single greatest is so contextual. And I think I think when you say, had it been Desert Island or the best, my favorite song of all time, I think those are all in a bucket that I think are, are all uniquely difficult. Favorite's a hard word. I, I may have actually just refused to answer favorite. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. really, really hard. But uh, this one for me sounded a lot like all the that like the things. I guess it seemed it sounded like a like a distillation of many of the things that I love about music in one song, and that's how I ended up landing on it. Yeah, well, it's a beautiful pick, and I always like to ask if there's anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to mention before we go. Be kind to yourself, Scott, and everybody listening. I think uh, one of the one of the great things we can learn from listening to music or appreciating art is that there's this great wealth of positive humanity out there, and it's easy to forget that because the world is a fucked up place, especially right about now. Um, yeah. But I think uh, if you're out there listening and you're not uh, you're not feeling very good right now, take a deep breath, be kind to yourself, and if you don't have the energy to be kind to yourself, uh, try being kind to somebody else, and it'll help you do that. Wow. Well, that is certainly a perfect place to end. So, Keith, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about this beautiful Al Green song and so many other things. If people would like to find out more about you or your podcast, which I sincerely cannot recommend enough. It's been a joy to be listening to it, especially now you're back with a new season and doing weekly episodes, which I've been enjoying a lot. So um, where can people find you? They can find me uh, at www.volumenob.net on Twitter. It's at volumenob1. On Instagram, it's at volume underscore knob. Very good. And uh, thank you so much and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, What a sincere pleasure it's been. Thank you both. Thanks for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, and I hope you did, please leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a lover, and uh, follow us on social media. We're at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight Song Pod on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can also hear me featured on Keith's podcast, The Volume Knob, uh, an episode that dropped this week where I get very vulnerable and I talk about the iCarly theme song. So check that out if you are so inclined to do so. A special shout out to Catherine and Izzy who helped co-produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and of course to you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Mm-hmm.